You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go, share them. I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser. Click follow to hear true stories worth remembering and send me a message if you have a story you'd like to tell. Oh, if there was one thing that you thought when you were going through that, if there was one thing that you thought, uh, boy, there's lots of this or, you know, there's plenty of that. I'll never run out of that. What was it? Because in Tulsa, it's like food banks are on every corner. Right. What about where you are? Uh, where I live at, I'm I'm in the suburbs of Dayton, so food is uh, a little easier to come by out here. But I know that there is a food desert in Dayton, and that uh, that's ridiculous for people to have to travel miles to find a decent place to get food for themselves and their children is ridiculous. And I think this is what recently is leading me down the entrepreneurship of trying to uh, get a food truck started and to try to provide um, healthy foods to people that live in Dayton areas or any food desert areas. I want to help my community out. And this is ridiculous, but that's, that's not something that I found where I live at that I was struggling with. I was more struggling with the support and and feeling a little isolated, like, okay, just my community, just this one low-income uh, apartment complex in the suburbs, we're, we're, oh, those people over there. Those people? Like, my kid attends the same school your, atten- your, school, your kid attends, but we're looked at as those people. Like, why shun us out? Because right now, financially, I don't have a two-parent household and I don't make as much as you make to be able to afford to live in the house across the street. But because I live in a community where people don't make a lot of money, I'm those other people. So I think that's the part that I really miss is that community coming around and saying, we got you, all of you, and we're support of you living here. So you had plenty of food. Yes. Well, you know, food banks, but <laughs> not community. You were yeah. isolated in the project, the apartment complex or, yes. you know, the housing that everybody just kind of drew a circle around. Now, when you went to circles, how did you how did you discover circles? I believe when I discovered circles, oh, I know it was um, Red's Rookie Camp. That was the camp that was coming to the low-income housing, and they were doing free camps for kids that couldn't, af- that parents couldn't afford to send them to any kind of summer camps for the month of June and July, I believe. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I have never been able to afford to send my son to camp. I've always wanted to, and uh, he he got to go. And I said, you know what? I'm going to volunteer to be a coach because they were looking for volunteer coaches. I have never volunteered before in my <laughs> life. So believe me, Red's Rookies uh, Baseball Camp opened my eyes to volunteering, being a coach, teaching kids how to play a sport I've never played in my life. So it was a learning experience for everybody. But you know what? I absolutely loved it. I, I believe at the time I wasn't working, so I had that summer. I said, what else am I going to do? If I'm sitting in the camp, let me go ahead and go. So that's what it was. Red Rookies Camp. There was another volunteer uh, on the bus and she said, hey, 
I know you live over here where I live. You're most likely struggling. Let me tell you about circles. So that's how I got started with circles. It was just word of mouth and someone, you know, trying to look out for another, another mom. Okay. Let me ask you, you said, Hey, I'm going to volunteer for this, but you didn't even know how to play baseball. <laughs> no, I am um, very sports challenged. I Thank am. Uh, yeah. No, we, we didn't get outside much when I was a kid. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and um, we had one park down the street. Yeah. We, we uh, concrete jungle. That's where I'm from. So hardly any grass around. Uh, yeah. Very um, not sports savvy. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. But I tell you what, I got out there with those kids and it was so fun and rewarding to see kids from my neighborhood that didn't have the funds to go to regular camp, enjoying themselves for probably the first time in their lives. That is wonderful. Was there any part of you that hesitated that was like, oh, I don't have the time to volunteer. Oh, I don't have the skills or what am I doing here? Is there any part of you that did that or Christy, was it just cool because these were kids you knew? I was bored and broke. That's the first thing. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> the second thing was I was a very clingy parent and didn't want to let mm -hmm. my kid out of my sight. And the third thing I thought was, wow, um, the opportunity to go myself to a camp <laughs> and to see what other kids, um, what kind of things they're doing in their childhood and things that I missed out on. It just seemed like it would be rewarding all around. But the first thing was I was pretty much like, well, what else am I going to do? And so if that's the way it got me to volunteering and now my whole life, I just want to spend the last of my days volunteering forever. That's the spark that uh, ignited this candle. I love that you went for it and you actually got to experience camp along with the kids. I didn't get to go to camp either. I think maybe once my entire growing up years, if then, I don't know. So that just sounds like so much fun. But I was the kid who would trade places to be last in line so that I didn't have to swing the bat because I was always afraid I'd embarrass myself. And now that I'm grown, I'm like, I'll embarrass myself. Hand me a bat. Right. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Who cares? Yep. We're adults, you know? <laughs> exactly. One Moment Wiser will be right back. So you ended up finding out about circles from someone who actually lived near you. Yes. And what, what was it like when you, now the people who are listening, most of the people here ha, don't even know what circles is. I share about circles all the time on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and I, I did a blog series because Stacy told me about it, but it's been a while. So for people who don't know what it's like, can you just describe what, what that felt like, what a circles meeting looks like, what it's like to be you at a circles meeting? Mm -hmm. So at the time we were meeting once a week mm -hmm. and this is literally a group of strangers. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anyone there and they had us separated as circle leaders and, uh, and mentors basically. So you kind of get partnered with a mentor, someone that's going to help you through your path of trying to get out of and learn more about poverty. And so I'm just thinking, okay, this is this is just something to do on a Tuesday. I wasn't really thinking I would get that much from it, to be honest. It was more like, well, what else are you going to do? You're just sitting around. And I'm the kind of person that I just take chances. I just kind of throw myself out there and 
a kind of a yes woman some a lot of times, but it's got me into some really good situations. So it's basically a, a group of people that come together once a week that are here to support and get behind what goals you have as a person that's trying to come up out of poverty. So just that partnership with being partnered with someone that has a different background than you, that was the target that really was like, oh, that's that's interesting. So this person that is financially stable, have their own business, uh, two-parent household, um, white, yeah, this was this person. I mean, when I say completely opposite of me, this was the kind of people that were supporting me. Have I ever had that in my life before? No. And so, was it a little intimidating and scary? It was like, yeah, I I don't know where this is going to go. What can this person who has a different financial background than me really tell me about poverty? And once we got past the point of thinking that someone was here to teach me. And getting to the point where I'm also being the teacher and the student as well, that's how you build community is understanding we learn from each other and it was mutual. And I love connecting with people that look, sound and act different than me. You know, as a corporate trainer, one of the things that I have really learned is people learn more when they're teaching themselves, when when they're I mean, not teaching themselves, but teaching other people themselves, because you have knowledge, you have power, you have an awareness of what actually sparks your enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And you have been defeated before you know what it you know what brings you down. So you have all of that to be able to teach someone who hasn't been you before. And you know, someone who might have those rose colored glasses, oh, the government will provide, you know, (laughs) and they had something to give you because they know um, those things that we take for granted sometimes when mm-hmm. we've been in the work world for a long time. Yes. The, the way of, of getting along with the people at the office, the way of, of knowing when to speak up and when to just let things slide, the, the little things um, that keep our budgets going and our careers going. And yes. so you were able to give to each other. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Now, they didn't set your goals for you, right? In a circle no. group, yeah. if, if I understand, and you can tell me if I'm right, um, but you come together that once a week, you eat dinner. And yeah. sometimes you have a speaker that talks about a financial thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get together in your group. And who sets the goals there? Well, we set the goals. The people that are struggling, I know best of what my needs are, not you. And that is that was the main thing that I I liked about that, that it wasn't I, I didn't feel voiceless. I felt heard. And so I got to set my goals and someone got to come alongside me for support. And that's the biggest thing to help people to get out of poverty. That's all a lot of people are looking for. I don't need a handout. I don't need you to throw dollars at me because that's not going to solve the issue. If you're mentally in poverty, then you're in poverty, period. There's financial poverty, there's spiritual poverty, there's all kinds of poverty, intellectual poverty, but that financial poverty is just one aspect of it, which people like to focus on. But there's also that mental poverty where people have that, I don't see myself getting out of this situation at all. And that's not true. We always can. You just have to want to try hard enough. And keep trying, right? You have to keep showing up. Mm 
So what was the, do you remember what the first goal was that you set for yourself? Oh, I think it was to go back to college because the failure of, and I'm not, I'm not going to say failure, but the trying of going to college, getting that first degree and finding out like, oh, great that you want to be a graphic designer, ma'am. But Dayton don't have too many graphic designer jobs here. I'm like, darn. Okay, so let's try something else. Uh, But definitely I wanted to make sure that I had a better education and and being led down the right path. And of the years of being, so that was 2015 when I joined Circles. And over the years, I did go back to college. In 2018, I received my second degree. I have a um, bachelor's in psychology because I found out that my new passion is actually learning how people work. What's going on up here in the head? Why do we do what we do? I mentally want to be able to get inside (laughs) the brain and figure things out because it's given me more clarity on why my life is where it is and the path I want to go down. And I, I want to do social work. I, I want to help other people grow and possibly do therapy. So that's, that's where this new path is taking me. I am fascinated by psychology. I had a, I had an ulterior motive because I know sometimes when we're making changes in our lives, our initial goals are, well, they're colored by the fact that we don't really know um, how life is going to be different, you know? And so we, we make goals based on our past experience, based on what we think will work. Mm-hmm. And, but you actually made a goal and did it. I mean, that was really something you, you know, even though college hadn't been the answer the first time, mm-hmm. it had obviously taught you some things and you went back and knocked out a second degree. That's girl. <laughs> That is super impressive. I I love it. Not only did I do it the first time, I did the second time. And my son was there both times and he got to cheer me on and say, my mom graduated from college. I can hear him in the the stands. I'm like, don't cry. Hold it together. (laughs) um, Him being proud of me was was a big boost. And my other goal was to move out of low-income housing. And last year, made 13 years because I moved in when he was a newborn, 13 years that we lived in low income housing. My baby's 14 this year and we moved out in February 14th, I believe, Valentine's Day. So I, I'm not looking back and not to, I'm not trying to say anything bad or negative about low income housing, but what I will say is it kept me in a rut. As long as I stayed there, there was that safe safety net knowing that, okay, if I lost this job, fine, I don't have to hurry up and find something else. Losing that safety net and all of those benefits that I had actually motivated me to work harder. So I am happy that I moved out of low-income housing. I don't want to look back. I'm, I'm Hopefully I left that apartment available for the next family that needed it. But 13 years of, of living in low-income housing, um, you can feel stuck and, and stagnant. And I, I had to move on and move forward. I am impressed and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you had the low income housing because that is, if I look from this side of things at what we do well and what we don't, Mm -hmm. um, housing and food are the two things that, at least in Oklahoma, we seem to do fairly well. I think housing might be a little better. 
uh, I would like to see, and if anybody's in Oklahoma that can, can help me work on this, I would like to see us have a better, you know, maybe fewer food banks and more funds towards electric and water and heat, those kinds of things that people yeah. need. A public transportation, wouldn't that be nice? Public transportation that actually runs when people need it, yes. which is not just from eight to six each day. You know, people who work those nighttime jobs mm -hmm. need that ability. If you're enjoying this podcast, tune in next week to hear more. I'm Christy Bridges, and I teach Christians how to become authors because God speaks to different people through our unique voices. Visit me at onemomentwiser.com. That's the number one, momentwiser.com.